0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Well, good morning. How is everybody? Good to see you all. My name is Trish, if you don't know me. Um, And today I'm going to give you four principles... Four principles that will move your Mondays from mundane to mission. Are you in for that? Four principles that will help you find purpose and meaning in the everyday stuff that you do. Who could use that this week? Great. Well, let's pray before we get started. Father God, we thank you that we can come together freely that we can um, join together to hear your word, God. We pray that it is your word that we hear this morning and not my words. We pray that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, uh, that you would point us in the right direction, that you would use us, um, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so who amongst us has an ordinary life? Give me a wave if you think that, yeah, yeah. I've got like ordinary stuff going on. I think most of our hands should probably be up unless you're actually like a secret YouTube sensation or you've got some crazy thing going on that we don't know about. Because most of us spend our time engaged in um, study or employment or raising our families or maybe enjoying your retirement or making ends meet, however that looks for you. Some weeks it's awesome, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. And some weeks it's a little bit tiresome, but we all have a measure of the mundane that we live through every day, right? Well, guess what? God wants to be the main thing in the middle of that ordinary life. Eugene Peterson paraphrased the beginning of Romans chapter 12 beautifully in the message when he said, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly able to respond to it. How good is that? God doesn't want to just be a part of your life. He wants to be in every part of your life. He wants you to realize that there is purpose in the life that you're living. And these mundane things that you and I do in our week actually are incredible opportunities that he has gifted you with. We can get caught up in the same, same of it. We can get lulled to sleep by the ordinary in it. But actually, he wants us wide awake and ready to see what he can do in and through you and your ordinary the challenge that we have is to bring our perspective into line with how God views the lives that, the lives that we're living because he's got a better perspective. So that brings me to the first principle that we're going to look at today, the power of your perspective. Now, many of us have come to this misconception that there are two categories of the things that we do. There's a category for the sacred things that we do, the spiritual stuff, that all goes over here. And then there's a category for everything else that we do. That's the perspective of lots of people, but that's actually not God's perspective. For God, these things are not segregated. God knows that everything in our lives can have spiritual significance and meaning. That part of your week where you're thinking, I don't know how that matters, or it's just something I have to do to make ends meet. It's, It's not, you know, it's not a part of who I am, or it's just something I have to get through maybe that exam, oh, or I'm just saving for that holiday and I'm doing this while I do that, or I'm just going to get my kids through school and then, whatever it is for you, God sees it so differently to that. Check this passage of scripture out, Psalm 139 verses 13 to 18. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex I think my husband has a different point of view about my complexity, but anyway. Um, Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. You were deliberately made. Perfectly designed. And God had an intention for every one of your days. How cool is that? And not only did he have an intention for them, but the intention was incredibly good. Actually, he describes it as precious. And it's there every single morning. Not just the days when you're planning to finally have that conversation with God about your colleague. Not just on the days that you go to church. Not just on the days where you finally make time to have a really good prayer session. Every single ordinary day was designed and thought about by your Heavenly Father. God thought about each one of those ordinary days and what He could do with you in them before you even lived them. What? Before you even lived them. God's thoughts for your life can open up futures that He invites you into and anoints you for. What He saw unfolding in those ordinary moments when He created you, He never loses sight of, even when we do. People who can wrap their heads around that perspective. Who have an awareness that they are called, they have a calling on their life. They talk differently, don't they? They are passionate, they are driven. And the thing that I respect the most about them is that they find the awesome in the ordinary things they do because they understand that God is at work. I love that. I love when people get that. It's a perspective shift. Rather than wasting time and energy pressuring yourself to pursue big accomplishments that seem extraordinary to the world, how about we redefine what an extraordinary life looks like by lining it up with God's definition? We're so drawn to stories of heroic triumph over impossible circumstances. We have a fascination with adventure movies and superheroes and and tales of incredible human feats. But what if we recognize that from God's perspective, There are no little people, and there are no little places. We all matter, and every ordinary day we have is actually pregnant with God-given purpose. The smallest of our actions can have big impacts. The things we think are the most ordinary, God can use to do great things. From mundane to mission, if we get that. God already sees it that way. What if we saw it that way too? 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You're in this thing with him. You're his co-worker. You're a co-worker with God. There is mission in the mundane. You, how you spend your time is not just what you do. There is purpose in how you spend your time, which brings me to the second principle, owning your purpose. Now, we've already read in Psalm 139 that we were designed and created quite deliberately and uniquely. Jeremiah 29.11 is famous for telling us that God has plans for us and that they are plans for good and that they are plans to give us a hope and a future. So we know that God has imagined our days, that he's put great thought into it, and that the plans that he has for us are good, that he's made plans for our lives. I love that. Because if that's true, then my life is not without meaning or purpose and neither is yours. My life is actually incredibly meaningful. And these verses indicate that I'm here for a reason. And so are you. I have a purpose and so do you. That changes something in me. Because if I believe that the things I do are pointless and ordinary, then how I approach them will be lacklustre at best. I'll take things for granted. I'll see the valu- I won't see the value in the stuff that I do. I'll not see how God can use me. And if I live that way long enough, I'll forget that he even can. I don't want to see that for you. I want to see that in my life or my family's life. I want to see that for you. But if we can see from the perspective that God sees and understand that we have a purpose and that he is ready and willing to do something through our ordinary interactions in the world, then wow, I have a spring in my step on a Monday morning. What could God do with what you've got to give tomorrow? Really, think about it. God is a creative God. We're not all here to do the same thing, in the same place, at the same time. If I ran the microphone down every row in here and asked you how you spent your time tomorrow, the answers would be vastly different. We've all been given a different spot. Your Monday doesn't look like everybody else's. God has gifted your ordinary uniquely. Okay, so the hosts are going to do something now. They're going to Grab some blue tack And what we're going to do is we're just going to pass strips of blue tack down the row. What I want you to do is just grab a piece, not too small, not too big because it's got to go a long way. Grab a piece and pass it on, okay? So we're going to do some interactive stuff today. So if you're listening on the podcast, you're going to need to go find some if you're at home and if you're driving, you might have to pick your nose or something. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) Please don't. And if you do, don't tell me. Um, we're going to, okay. So while you're doing that, I'm just going to point you to Romans 12, 6 to 8. It says, In his grace, God has given us different, different gifts for doing certain things well. So have, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Okay, so we all have something different to offer, but it's all God given. All right, have most of you got a piece of blue tack now? Great. What I want you to do is just squish it onto your thumb for me. All right. Now peel it off. Take a look. You've made an imprint that is completely unique. It's your fingerprint, designed by the creator of the universe, and no one else's looks just like it. Nobody else. This is yours, your peace. Likewise, he's gifted you uniquely and placed you in this community, in your family, in this church, You might be the only Christian in your workplace or your class at school. You might be the only one, and that's tough. But what an opportunity that God has trusted you there to pray for people who wouldn't have anyone else to do that for them or to give them a window, a look into a life that's lived with an anchor of hope. That may be the only window they get into what it looks like to trust God. You've been given an incredible opportunity. There is a slice of the world waiting, a piece of the world waiting for your imprint. How will you choose to shape it? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the privileges that you get to? That's incredible. So for the rest of the time here this morning while you listen to me, why don't you shape your piece into something? All right? Anything you like. Grab your blue tack and just shape it into whatever you want. It doesn't have to be spiritual. It can be quite ordinary, (laughs) sculpt away and shape the slice that you've been given, shape the piece that you've been given. Okay, so we know that we need to see the lives that we've been given through the perspective that God can use it all. The mundane becomes missional if we get that. We need to understand that we've been purposed to do something. God actually has something in mind to complete with you. But that's not where it ends, because there are plenty of people in this room that have heard all of that before. The next principle launches our knowledge into action. Number three, ignite your passion. The knowledge that God is up to something and that he's given you a piece of the world to shape in partnership with him, that needs to be captured in the heart of who we are And it should excite us and it should actually motivate us to action. It should rouse something within us. When the tabernacle was being built, this is the first time we see the presence of God dwelling amongst his people. There was a lot of work to do. The world had never seen what this could look like. There was a lot to do. And to get it all done meant lots of people had to capture the vision and then do something with it but the account in Exodus describes all of the things that were offered up to make the tabernacle. There were precious things, definitely, but there were lots of ordinary things. There was a mix of talents and abilities put to use in all sorts of different ways. Things that were once ordinary were suddenly spiritual because of the purpose that they were used for. Craftsmen and tradesmen, weavers and jewellery makers were using ordinary skills that was just their job. But when God asked them to do it for a purpose, the ordinary became spiritual. The mundane became missional. And God has asked us to do ordinary things that become spiritual things as well. It doesn't mean it has to look exactly like that. I'm not saying it has to look like you take your job and you do it for church and then it becomes spiritual. God is not so narrow-minded as that. He actually wants you out there in the world. That's the point. He wants you out there in the world. He is vastly creative and inspirational. He has countless ways that he can use your ordinary to bring about his purposes in your community and your family and your neighbourhood. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. The writer of this letter got it. He understood that God uses the ordinary parts of our life. In this account in Exodus, the people who were able to make the shift from ordinary to spiritual were the people whose hearts were eager to be engaged in what God was up to. They were the guys that got it, and they were the guys that God used. Exodus 35, 29 says, So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help, eager to help, in the work of the Lord had, sorry, eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. (laughs) Exodus 36, two. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab, nailed it. I actually don't know how to say that. And all the others who (laughs) who was specially gifted by the Lord, just like you have been specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. And were eager to get to work. There was an ignition of passion amongst the people. Those who captured the vision and understood the purpose were mobilized by their passion. And God used it powerfully. So let me ask you, how is your passion right now? On a scale of 1 to 10, where's your eagerness to see God use your ordinary? Have you forgotten to think about it for a while? Have you ever thought about it? You know, sometimes we're waiting for um, conditions to be perfect to even get started. Ecclesiastes eleven four 4 to 6 has something to say about that. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning. Keep busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Don't wait for the perfect moment to let God do what he wants with you. Just start and keep going. Just start and keep going. All right, if you started to shape your blue tack? Okay, so you might have noticed that you've needed... To get it moving, to make it malleable in your hand, yes, because it was a bit stiff to start with. You're easier to shape when you are movable, when you're engaged. When I bought the blue tack, I actually noticed um, on the packet it has a motto. I never knew this. Do you, do you guys know what the blue tack motto is? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it is so cool for this preach. Stick, position, hold. (laughs) Stick, position, hold. When God is at work, the stuff we do becomes sticky, doesn't it? It has grip. It has influence. It clings to people. It goes further than what you think it's going to go. God has positioned you. He's given you purpose. He's placed you where you are. Now do like blue tack and hold. Keep going. Keep doing what you were designed to do. Because, look, let's be honest, let's be real for a minute. We can get discouraged, we can suffer setbacks, we can feel like we're not getting anywhere from time to time. This passage reminds us that we don't always know what action gets the result, we can't always see it straight away. Has discouragement affected your eagerness? Has it had an impact on your passion? let me encourage you to not underestimate the magnitude of what you do. It is an extraordinary thing to say yes to God. It is an extraordinary thing. It's not necessarily easy. There will be times that you see the fruit of what God is doing around you and there will be times when you do not. I heard a quote from John Piper. He says, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three of them. I feel like that may be true. There is so much more going on in our everyday that we can ever know. You don't know the accumulative impact that your prayer and influence may have. Keep going, stick, position, hold. How do we keep going? How do we keep our passion alive? How do we foster eagerness? How do we do that? Principle number four, we plug into the power source. We can't maintain eagerness and passion forever. We get tired, we get distracted, we get discouraged. Our own energy is in finite supply. To keep ourselves in a place of eager submission to what God wants to do, we need a power supply. And God is our most powerful resource. Ultimately, it's God's perspective that we're wanting to see through, right? It's God's purpose that we carry. It's God's passion that sustains us. And all of that requires God's power, Daniel 32 says, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. God is our strength. Check this out. Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, even the strongest amongst us, the most eager amongst us, the most passionate amongst us will eventually tire if we're not tapped in. But when we are plugged into the power source... We have renewed strength that actually takes us way further than is humanly possible. We cannot soar on wings of eagles in our own right. We can't do that. It's not built into who we are. But with God, anything is possible. Ephesians 6.10 in the message version says, God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you Not only has he given us strength, but he's also given us direction. We can come to him and we can inquire of him. God tells his people details. He provides them with strategy. And sometimes they are the most ordinary things. Look at the walls of Jericho. God's instruction, walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. It's pretty ordinary. Power of God brought those walls down. But what he asked us to do was pretty ordinary, but incredibly powerful. Romans 12, 15 to 16 gives us a heap of strategies of how to conduct ourselves in our ordinary days. This is just a snippet of what the Bible has in wisdom of how to apply our everyday. Be happy with those who are happy, and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. It's a pretty standard, good way to live, really. It's in there. It's available to us, that wisdom. He is our strength. He's our strategist. He's our refuge. The Bible, your prayer life, they provide a place where God can speak to you. Where he can encourage you where he can give you strategies and strength for the work that he's called you to. Can I say invest in that? Because only you can be responsible for that. That is between you and God. Make room for that. Plug yourself in. Make time for it. Here's a result for applying, um, of applying these four principles. We read it in Matthew 5. 14 to 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We're just going to turn the lights out in here for a minute. So everyone just stay in your seats. Let the kids know it's okay. No one's kind of caught where they're going to trip over. Awesome. <laughs> We're just going to turn out the lights. See how that light, that tiny little light, permeates the darkness. If you could just put your lights down for a minute, that would be great. <laughs> Thank you. All right. This tiny little light, even that can permeate the darkness, right? Right? It's attractional, it draws the eye. It has the power to make the darkness recede. When I smother it, it actually has a negative effect on the environment around me. Everything gets darker when I don't do this. But when I put it on a lampstand, its power is magnified, it's more consistent and steady. When we plug into the power source, then our light is more consistent. It's more steady. Now, I don't produce this power, but I carry it. And this is just my light. Imagine what it looks like when you guys light your light in your sphere of influence. Yeah, let's see some lights go up. What happens to the environment when we all do this? If you've got your phone and you want to join in, do it. Because we all have been given a mandate to shine our light. To shine our light wherever we are sent. And when we all do this, look at what happens to the darkness. Thanks, guys. You can turn the lights back on. Thank you. Everyone's still okay. This is what God had in mind when he gave you your slice of the world to impact. Just that. Just that. What does your slice of the world look like? What does your piece look like? How are you gonna shape it? Let's see what you did to your blue tack. Let's have a look at your sculptures. Awesome. <laughs> Got some giggles. <laughs> some interesting sculptures out there well done that's some crazy sculpting but you know what every one of you have made something different and even like even though 40% of you have probably made a snail um, <laughs> all of your snails look slightly different right <laughs> all of your snails look slightly different that's how it's supposed to be We need to dispel the notion that ministry is inside these walls or it's on this platform. It's not. It's you living on mission every single day of your life where you are tomorrow. That's mundane to mission. That is the importance of your Monday. Are you a bit more excited about it yet? (laughs) Monday's not such a dirty word. You know, we need to change our perspective. Thanks, guys. The band can come up now. You need to change your perspective. You need to know that there is purpose in what you do, no matter what it looks like. You need to ignite your passion and plug into the power source. All right? Now go shine your light and shape something that sticks in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you guys. Father God, I just thank you that you've given us vast opportunity, unique opportunity, God. The fact that you want to partner with us to do your work, that we are co-workers with you, God, I pray that we would get that perspective, that we would get that what we do, no matter how ordinary it feels, is not ordinary when you touch it. God, I pray that you would help us to identify that we can have a piece of this world to shape in your name, and that you, when we lean into you, will tell us how that looks. Give us the courage to be obedient to what you tell us to do, no matter how ordinary, and help us to hold on to the perspective that as we do it, God, actually something spiritual and sacred is happening that we are engaging in the work of the most holy God who is in pursuit of the people that he loves. God help us to understand that as we leave this building, we carry you with us and that there's a job to do. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith, or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.